When Gaza and Egypt is now partially open, these are live pictures from the Rafah crossing where ambulances are now passing into Gaza for the first time. This as the territory's hospital system is on the verge of collapse. The border reopened this morning after Qatar helped broker a deal. Now hundreds of foreign nationals who have been stuck in Gaza are waiting to enter. It's not clear how long the Rafah crossing will remain open. Meanwhile, in Gaza, Israeli defense forces are continuing their ground offensive, pushing deeper into the territory. There have been reports of Israeli troops clashing with Hamas. Israel has also acknowledged it carried out yesterday's deadly attack at Gaza's largest refugee camp. A series of airstrikes caused widespread damage in a densely populated neighborhood. Israel says it was targeting Hamas infrastructure and killed dozens of terrorists, including a commander who they say was an architect of the October 7th attack. Palestinian authorities say hundreds of civilians were injured or killed in the airstrikes, but Israel has yet to confirm the number of casualties. NBC News also cannot independently verify the numbers. And this is the chaos and the confusion that leads to a lot of the fighting around the world about this as to right. who exactly is doing what to whom. Right. But the understanding is that a lot of Hamas terrorists, terrorists uh, use these people as human shields. Well, they use Gaza. Civilians yep. and long have you Gazan civilians as as uh, and hospitals and you name it refugee camps uh, they they've used it to to, to shield themselves uh, from attacks and therein lies David Ignatius of course the uh, the the top Democrat in the Senate or the top Republican in the House I side with Israel and I want to get them as much money as they need as quick as they can get it so to the House. I understand we need to start paying for things around here. I get that. But this is truly an emergency. And I don't think we've ever offset an emergency aid before. When we have a disaster, when it's a hurricane that hits South Carolina, we don't have pay fars because it's an emergency. What I don't want to happen is that the support for Israel become partisan, right? I think there's probably 400 votes in the House to support Israel. And when you start putting things like pay fars on the table, then you break that coalition apart. So that's what I worry about. <laughs>
يا الله من لنا يا الله هذا هو المصر هذا هو المصر I don't understand Willie this I mean the only people that would like this bill other than Mike Johnson's Mike Johnson's small, small group of people there, a bill that stops funding for Israel, stops funding for Ukraine, stops funding for the border, stops funding to, to, to protect Taiwan from China, would be anti-Semites who hate Israel and hate Jews, uh, tax cheat billionaires, illegal immigrants, and Vladimir Putin. Mm. I'm serious. I mean, I am. How do you put that on a 30-second ad if you're a Republican? But Swear to God. Those are the four categories of, of people who would, would be glad if this bill continued to languish. And that's Mike Johnson's first move. Yeah, it's his first move. And also, as the IRS came out yesterday and suggested, we would actually lose money on this because you're collecting so much less in tax that you would, it's not even an offset because you're right. losing money in, in the process. So it doesn't even make sense on that basis other than a stop to donors right. or to that small group of people who gave him the job. So David Ignatius, the president has said, obviously, I'm not going to sign anything like that that comes to the bill. It's not even going to get through the Senate. Let's start there because it's not just Democrats, but Mitch McConnell that opposed this as well. Um, what's your sense of how this will shake out and how it looks, frankly, to our ally, Israel? Well, really, I've always thought that the bipartisan uh, support for Ukraine aid would continue, but I get more and more uh, dubious as I watch uh, behavior like like the new speakers. Um, I just was in Ukraine three three weeks ago, the day bef before the Gaza war started, is when I left, and I'll tell you, Ukrainians say straight up, if the United States doesn't support us, we we are in real trouble in continuing this war against Russia. Here are these brave Ukrainians suffering terrible casualties. They're doing the fighting. They're asking for what, in terms of our total budget, is a relatively modest amount of, of military support to keep fighting. And it is astonishing to me, as they head into winter and the difficulty of this of this battle, that, that, that they're being, in effect, nickeled and dimed by the Republicans in Congress. Uh, I, I just wish those people could see a little of, of what, what you see when you visit Ukraine and see the bravery of these people. I can't yeah. imagine they would continue to resist supporting this aid at a time when Ukraine needs it. Welcome to MAGA Mike's house. And in it, you write in part, quote, after more than three weeks of abject chaos, Republicans finally united behind relative newcomer Mike Johnson. It was like so many things done in this Trumpified Republican Party, sloppy and strange and without much forethought. Instead of picking a veteran House member who knew everyone in the caucus and was able to appeal to their particular political needs when it comes to whipping votes, Republicans landed on someone who was so unknown that few disliked him. Perhaps MAGA jo Mike Johnson's biggest problem will end up being his enormous catalog of comments showcasing his wildly out of the mainstream religious views. Johnson is also staunchly anti-LGBTQ plus rights. He called being gay a dangerous lifestyle and inherently unnatural. Also said it could lead to the collapse of the republic. Interesting. 
As Johnson's extremist views surface, the clock is ticking toward another shutdown with the government only funded until November 17th, along with other pressing matters. Did I mention Johnson still hasn't changed the one person motion to vacate? His speakership could be even shorter than McCarthy's. But who knows at the rate he's going? Yeah, he's appealing to these. Well, and and and, and on on. The immortal words of Melissa Manchester, even the simple things become rough. Uh, and, and in this case, funding for Israel should be the easiest thing. If he can't figure out how to fund Israel and can't figure out how to fund uh, Ukraine's efforts to push back a Russian invasion, how's he going to figure out how to fund the government? Well, and I, I don't think he wants to, right? The idea of doing paid pay-fors for emergency aid is unprecedented. And I think there's a reason for that, right? He hopes that he can put uh, aid versus the government and, you know, make Democrat, put Democrats in a tough position. But he real he doesn't realize he doesn't have his party support. I mean, Mitch yeah. McConnell wants to do this aid and it'll be interesting to see this show. Chairman Mike McCall wants to do this aid. Yeah. A lot of Republicans want to do this aid. The majority of Republicans want to do this. Threshold for you. And do you think there should be one for the United States government at which the U.S. would say, Let, let's hold off for a second in terms of civilian casualties. Uh, is, I, there, is there a point at no, which no. you would start to question? No, I, if somebody asked us after World War II, is there a limit what you would do to make sure that Japan and Germany don't conquer the world? Is there any limit what Israel should do to the people who are trying to slaughter the Jews? The answer is no, there is no limit. But here's what you need to do, be smart. Let's try to limit civilian casualties the best we can. Let's put humanitarian aid in areas that protect the innocent. I'm all for that. But this idea that Israel has to apologize for attacking Hamas, who's embedded with their own population, needs to stop. The goal is to destroy Hamas. Hamas is creating these casualties, not Israel. I don't think anyone's asking, well, some people may be asking they Israel are. to apologize, but that's not what I'm asking yeah. about. I think the question here is about no, how, they, to me, how, they carry out, how they carry out the war, and there, there are choices here. But, but you mentioned... Uh, and the Israelis have described it this way. They want to eradicate Hamas. And I Me think too. most people agree that that is a reasonable goal. However, how long do you think that that will take? How long? I don't know. Here's is what it, I is think. Is it reasonable for that? I think we ought to be focusing on the day after Hamas is destroyed as well as destroying them. Is, to, is, do you think that that is on the table, that the Israelis are thinking about what happens after uh, yeah, Hamas? Yeah. I, I, so I, I'm going to have dinner with the Saudis tomorrow night. Uh, this occupation... Um, of um, Gaza by Israel will not be long-lasting. Israel's not going to go in and occupy Gaza. That's a losing proposition. They're going to go in and dismantle Hamas. And when they've achieved that goal, the world needs to come up with a plan for Gaza and the West Bank to give the Palestinians something to live for. How do you know when Hamas is just... This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. Here's not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will 
be safe. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's uh, Wednesday, 1 uh, November in the year of our Lord, 2023. It's All Saints Day, and we wanted to start by showing you a lot of the uh, absurd rhetoric. Uh, and this is why we always go to MSNBC or CNN, so you can see the absurd uh, rhetoric around where our country is, our beloved country. At 8.30 this morning, the Treasury Department put out Signal. Signal is $1.6 trillion of new financing that has been in the next five months. That has to all take place between now and uh, the end of the first quarter of 2024. $1.6 trillion. And in order to save themselves, they're making a bet. They're going to try to do as much of that short term as possible instead of long term. Uh, because they're making a massive bet that interest rates uh, will decline. Uh, we're going to have E.J. and Tony on later today to go through that. That is the important. What happened this morning in the Treasury? All this nonsense. Uh, David Ignatius, the CIA mouthpiece. Oh, Republicans are nickel and diming. Mike Johnson right now is doing exactly what he should, except for the border. We're going to go to uh, our own Oscar Blue Ramirez. What's important? The existential threat to this country is the exploding national debt. And now it's exploding, as we told you it would explode, by the lies they're telling you and what the real deficit is and how they're financing this this massive, massive gap. The other is the invasion on the southern border. The invasion on the southern border, it's a picking up steam. Uh, yesterday on the show, Todd Benzman said he thinks at least 500,000 invaders, both officially tapped in here, uh, illegally by the illegitimate Biden regime, and another couple hundred thousand just going to come across the border because they say, hey, i got to make my break. Uh, how do we know that's a fact? Well, because Oscar Blue Ramirez is heading north from Tapachula uh, with one of the uh, the asylum seekers. And, of course, as they said yesterday, there's 60,000 in Tapachula. He's with one group of 6,000. This is the end of your country. This is why when Mike Johnson says, hey, if we're going to fund Israel for the $14 billion, and no money for Gaza, we've got to have a pay for it. You've got to carve something out. This is going to be a firefight starting tonight and tomorrow on Capitol Hill. We're going to have it all for you and break it all down. Also, all the geopolitics involved in this. Secret negotiations. Tony Blinken's on his way to Israel right now. Secret negotiations have been leaked to the Daily Mail, Wall Street Journal, of putting American combat troops in as peacekeepers in Gaza. After Hamas is broken, we're going to get to all of it. Clue, we're going to go to Mexico. We've got Mike Davis, massive story in the New York Times about how we're going to set things right when Trump takes over in January 2025. Stick around. It's hot today in the war room. I know this is hard to believe, but we're up against another government shutdown later this month. And our wise leaders deal with it how they always do with more spending. While lawmakers are high-fiving, your savings account continues to lose value because more spending weakens the dollar. Now end the cycle. Diversify into gold with the help of Birch Gold Group. And listen, when you open a gold IRA for every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Let me repeat that. For every $10,000 you spend by December 22nd, Birch Gold will send you a free gold bar. Just text Bannon to 989898 to claim eligibility before Black Friday. Birch Gold can help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a gold IRA for no money out of pocket. 
and you still get the free gold bar. Don't let your savings become a victim of the further devaluation of the dollar. Remember, the BRICS countries are focused 100% on de-dollarization. Text Bannon to 989898. Receive a free gold information kit and claim your eligibility before Black Friday to receive free gold bars on your qualified purchase. Do it today. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, folks, you're in the Zen monastery that we call uh, the war room. Without suffering, there's no growth. I understand and I appreciate the fact that when we start with Morning Mika and Abby Phillips at CNN, uh, this can be torturous. Remember, growth only comes through pain. Okay, you're growing. Here's why. You're seeing it's most important for you as the minoritarian vanguard to understand in the information war that we fight in fifth generation warfare, how how the apparatus, the cartel presents their case, because they're really talking about it. And that's why we don't do much Fox because Fox just repeats the stupid RNC talking points here. You get a quite sophisticated information warfare breakdown. I'm saying in MSNBC and somewhat in CNN about how they're coming after us. You can only counterattack or you only go on offense once you understand the deployment of the enemy's assets. Okay? I understand it's painful. We end the chats. It's painful. Remember, through pain comes growth. Right? Whatever doesn't uh, kill you makes you stronger. So we know you're going to be strong because you've got a lot of work to do. Also remember, in all this happy talk and Lindsey Graham saying we don't care how many Palestinians we kill and you got to get money tomorrow. And, you know, uh, David Ignatius from the CIA, Washington Post, saying you can't nickel and dime uh, um, Ukraine. You've been right on all these topics. The key thing this morning, the key point this morning is what is happening at the Treasury with the one point six trillion dollars of debt that's got to be financed. One point six trillion dollars. Between And by the way, they ain't going to find buyers for all that, even if they jack rates up. Not going to find buyers for all that. They know that. Also, what's happening in the invasion on the southern border. And in addition, the New York Times, talk about uh, the sunlit uplands, uh, the great Jonathan uh, Swan, uh, Charlie Savage, and I think Maggie Haberman have a piece up on uh, about the work and effort going through and taking on the administrative state. And this time, it's the lawyer's. So we're going to get Mike Davis here, break it all down, what's happening in Denver, what's happening in Michigan, what's happening in Minnesota with the 14th Amendment. Also, what's happening with us going on offense and saying we're going to take apart the deep state with warriors, not with wimps. Let's go to Oscar Blue Ramirez. Oscar, your reporting over the last couple of days has been shocking for the simple reason is the mainstream media is just obsessed with the borders in Ukraine and in, uh, in Gaza. No mention of the invasion of our country. Give us an update, sir. You're on the march. Uh, yes, sir. We woke up today at four o'clock in the morning. We started walking. We already walked 15 kilometers with the migrant caravan that is around 6,000. There is still 6,000 that they're arriving to this particular place that is called Wixla. Right here is where they're going to stay to see if the authorities of Mexico are going to give them the permit to see if they can move to the northern borders. One of the stories, Steve, that I want to tell you is that what the Biden administration has done has incentivized the cartel to be more aggressive, to be more relentless and to be more brutal. A uh, migrant was telling us that as soon as he was coming in uh, illegally from Guatemala to Mexico, he was kidnapped by the organized crime in Mexico. And they told him if they didn't pay uh, $10,000 or an amount of a bribe, their organs were going to be extract. Uh, that is what 
they're doing at the borders. And that has been openly incentivized. The organized crime knows and the cartel knows about the open border policies of the Biden administration. And this is the disaster that they have created and also the industry that they have oh, created. See. Hang on for a second. Oscar, t- explain to our audience, and if you're listening on radio, particularly our ever-expanding radio presence on the John Fredericks Radio Network, um, what are, this footage is unbelievable. What are we seeing right here? We're seeing, uh, is this know, just the a group you're yes. with? Uh, yes. Today in the morning, it was it was uh, another caravan that left uh, from the south border of Tapachula. There's two small groups uh, that they just left from Tapachula, one of them from 1,000, the other one from 15, 1,500. And then this one that is 6,000. So adding all of them, it is close to 8,000 people that they're walking right now. As they heard, the, they, the migrants heard from Tapachula, as, as I told you yesterday, there's thousands that they're scattered waiting in Tapachula. They heard that this migrant caravan is moving forward to Wixla, and now other groups are leaving Tapachula also, as they're hearing that they're possibly going to get the access to move to the United States immediately. Um, can you, how far from where you are right now, or from where these caravans are starting, how far is it to the U.S. border? How far do they have to walk? It's, it's a long way. They're, they're, and they're not going to walk. They're going to start, you know, using uh, buses and inevitably, you know, go smuggled uh, through taxis and through different states and different cities. But potentially they're going to get uh, to the borders that they have mentioned us. Uh, one of the borders that is going to get hit by this caravan, it is Lukeville, Arizona. Possibly they're going to go to Juarez and also Eagle Pass. But the first epicenter that they're going to get hit, that a lot of them, they already know, it is Lukeville, Arizona. And it is going to get this caravan potentially is going to be arriving between Sunday or Tuesday morning. Uh, that is around the time that I uh, that I estimate that they're going to be arriving, Steve, if they get the permits today. Oscar, uh, when you say buses, is that provided by the cartel? Is it local officials? How is it paid for? Is NGOs paying for this? What's the what's the, what's the source backed NGOs and the Catholic charities and the Lutheran charities? Their hand in this. Who's actually paying for all this? Of course, everybody is involved. And when you come to Mexico, it's a full on corruption. They know the authorities that if they get them this permit, getting out of the state, there will be buses that they are privately owned. And of course, everybody's involved. NGOs are involved. They're getting a percentage. The government of Mexico, it is involved. They're getting a percentage. Uh, the cartel, it, you know, inevitably, it is the one that is fully involved that they're getting a percentage. As it is, when you go to the Darien Gap, there's more than 60 to 70 buses getting out from the Darien Gap and pulling them to Costa Rica. These are private-owned companies that they are in cahoots with corrupt governments, that they know that they're working also ultimately with the cartels, and it's all tied together, Steve. Uh, I want our audience, and this is why for the podcast and for the radio, you must go to warm.org. You must sign up for the newsletter we send out every day, totally free. Jane Circle, uh, Grace, Mo, uh, Natalie, everybody all over it. You get to see this footage. You must see the footage. If you're just hearing the audio of the show, you must see the footage. Uh, give me a full shot there. I don't need to see my lovely uh, face. Let's see the full shot. I want that full shot. Look at that right there. Seven, two-thirds, correct me, two-thirds are fighting-age males that are coming up. Is that is that what's your assessment when you see the 6,000 or the 60? Because uh, just by your footage... I'm seeing a lot of young men and a lot of young men that look pretty healthy, sir. Yes, the majority, it is uh, this caravan, it is almost 70 to 75 percent military age males, uh, which all of them, they're saying that they're running away from Central America for economical reasons. That is the 
you know, the obvious reasons. And uh, there's no case of credible fear. These these people do not apply for a political asylum or refugee. Uh, they only go in for economical reasons. And they know that the border is open and they know that there are, you know, they have told us, they know that they're giving us phones. They know that they're flying us uh, to our, you know, to our family members around the country. They know about all these benefits, Steve, uh, from Central America, even from Asia, uh, from we have encountered migrants from China inside of the Darien. They know that, they're, that they can be, you know, having free transportation as soon as they get into the United States of America, Steve. Oscar, I just want to make sure one one more time uh, before we lose you, because you're going to get back on the march. We're going to try to grab Oscar later this morning, later in the second hour. Oscar, we're also going to try to grab him on the afternoon shows. Oscar, when you talk to these people, they're sitting there going, hey, you know, Biden's inviting us here. Is that not the mantra that they believe that they're being invited uh, by the United States government to enter the country? That's absolutely it. Uh, they know that if we ask them, is the border closed or is the border open? They say that the border is open. And when you ask them, you know, what is your perception when you're going to get there? They already told us that they're, that they're going to provide us jobs, that they're going to provide us a hotel, that we can stay like uh, it was plastered all over the world in New York. They can stay in a five-star hotel. They already know this. So by them knowing this, if, if the process of legal process of immigration, it doesn't even come close to what they're expecting. They know if they can deliver themselves to the authorities to a non-port of entry. That is the perception and that is what the Biden administration has done, not to the continent, Steve, to the whole world. That is the perception of immigration. Immigration, you know, it is it's just in the feet of, of the migrants, basically, uh, when it comes to doing it legally and the, and the legal pathway, Steve. Uh, Denver, just hold that shot right there on, on Oscar. Just hold that shot. We could keep that camera there all day, and all you're going to see is they're heading north all day long, all day long. Understand that this is what's going to destroy your country. Oscar Blue Ramirez, uh, where do people get your coverage, your live streams, all of it, because it's unique. No one in the world's doing what you're doing, sir. BBC's not doing it. CNN's not doing it. PBS is not doing it. NHK's not doing it. Real America's Voice, Oscar Blue Ramirez, Ben Burkwam. Been amazing coverage. You throw in Michael Yan and all the independent folks down there. Incredible, incredible coverage of the invasion of the United States of America. This is historic. I tell you what, folks, when we start deporting them, starting in 25, you're going to remember these days. Oscar, where do people go for all your content and information? So thank you so much for the invitation, sir. Oscar Blue Ramirez on X, uh, all around OscarBlueRamirez.com. Law and Border with my colleague and my brother, Ben Berkwam, also at Real America's Voice News, the best network, sir. And also a quick shout out to our sponsor, Patriot Mobile. If you want to support uh, good American companies with American values, Patriot Mobile is the solution, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. By the way, go to Patriot Mobile. This is uh, Glenn Story and the team that are building the alternative Patriot economy. This is their sponsors of our show, the sponsors of all these sojourns uh, that folks are doing. Glenn Story and his team are just fantastic. And remember, uh, they have value. They don't hate your values. They support your values. Two other things. Make sure 1.6. So the, the two stories today, the signal, not the noise. The signal is that Treasury announcement this morning, coupled with the invasion of the southern border. That's going to bring America to her knees. It's going to bring America to her knees. If you're below 40 years old and you support the people that are doing this, Understand when you have nothing and you will have nothing. You're nothing more than Russian serfs to these people. Remember, you voted for it. You supported it. Anybody that votes for these people, anybody that votes for them, 
Anybody, quite frankly, that doesn't support the fight that this show has in the House of Representatives and backing Donald J. Trump, you're part of the problem. You're part of the problem. Make sure you go check out birchgold.com slash Bannon. Immerse yourself into why gold has been a hedge for 5,000 years. It's on you. Everything in the show, we put back to you. Also done with debt, if I can get that up, not now, but next. I know everybody's got problems with credit cards, and you're going to have a lot more problems because rates are going up. Check out donewithdebt.com. Short break, Mike Davis next in the war room. Question, who protects the troops who protect us? Well, we will. Imagine you're serving halfway around the world and you learn the title to your home, that legal document that proves it's actually yours has been forged and it's not in your name anymore. But we can't let that happen and we won't let it happen. Home title theft is a clear and present danger for all homeowners. And that's why I trust Home Title Lock. And now Home Title Lock is protecting those who protect us and giving back. For every subscription you purchase from Home Title Lock, they'll donate one year of free service to a military family in your name. Our troops deserve the peace of mind in knowing that while they protect us, Home Title Lock protects their most valuable asset. We all need to protect the title to our homes. I'll share updates, but for now, please join me. Protect your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon and use promo code Bannon. And when you do, they'll protect the home of a service member in your name. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. Do this for the troops. Do it today. Use your agency. We assess that the actions of Hamas and its allies will serve as an inspiration the likes of which we haven't seen since ISIS launched its so-called caliphate several years ago. In just the past few weeks, multiple foreign terrorist organizations have called for attacks against Americans and the West. Al-Qaeda issued its most specific call to attack the United States in the last five years. ISIS urged its followers to target Jewish communities in the United States and Europe. Hezbollah has publicly expressed its support for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests in the Middle East. And we've seen an increase in attacks on U.S. military bases overseas carried out by militia groups backed by Iran. Here in the United States, our most immediate concern is that violent extremists individuals or small groups will draw inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks against Americans going about their daily lives. That includes not just homegrown violent extremists inspired by a foreign terrorist organization, but also domestic violent extremists targeting Jewish or Muslim communities. What has now increased is the greater possibility of one of these foreign terrorist organizations uh, directing an attack uh, in the United States. We haven't seen evidence that it's actually happening yet, but what we have seen is, and I listed them off in my opening remarks, one terrorist organization after another calling for attacks. Uh, and so we should we, wake up. It is a time to be concerned. Uh, We are in a dangerous period. So is the FBI able to track all threats and prevent these individuals from conducting an attack on U.S. soil? 
I couldn't say that we were able to detect all individuals. Right. Um, the, the people that we know about, as Secretary Rumsfeld uh, used to say, the known known, we're quite good at together with our partners. But it is the unknown unknown uh, that I worry about quite a bit. So, Director Ray, can you say that we do not have either individual foreign that, terrorists or terror cells affiliated with foreign groups currently operating in the United States? Well, we're not, we're not tracking that, but uh, again, I come point back to what it is, the gaps in our intelligence are real, um, and it's something that okay. we have concerns okay. about. Okay, you, you got to understand the gobbledygook here. I'm going to bring in Mike Davis. I got a lot to go through with Mike Davis, uh, so we got to get on with it. But right there, you saw in his opening remarks, in his remarks, he gets back to, I want to make sure people understand this. When they say the domestic extremism, or, you know, domestic extremists or a, a violent extremists, vi excuse me, the what, violent extremists, that would be you. That would be you. That's MAGA. And then when Rick Scott asks him a basic question, it's not the unknown unknown, you doofus. It's the known unknown. The known unknown. Get your nomenclature right, airhead. This is unbelievable. The FBI is not focused on what they should be focused on because they're focused on Trump supporters. Still, Mike Davis. Am I wrong in this? Is the FBI, he just admitted, and Rick Scott at least had the brains to sit there and kind of parse and make sure you can parse what Because if you don't parse what Ray says, everything out of his mouth is a lie. If you don't nail him right there to the floor and say, hang on for a second, hang on for a second, what are you saying? Their focus is still the largest investigations, J6, the focus, the focus, when we get hit with a mass casualty event, their focus is on Trump supporters. Mike Davis. You're absolutely right. They have too many federal law enforcement resources, especially at the FBI, diverted to go after Trump. Trump's top aides like you, Steve, Trump supporters, Christians praying outside of abortion clinics, parents outraged at school board meetings, and they're focused on Trump and Trump supporters saying that we're somehow violent extremists and a danger to the republic while they're letting the BLM and Hamas base of the Democrat Party uh, harass, threaten, uh, even commit violence against Jewish Americans all over the country, particularly on college campuses. This is, uh, we have uh, President Biden has let uh, our southern border, our northern border too, but our southern border particularly go wide open and he's allowed uh, unvetted fighting age men from third world Marxist hellholes, including in the Middle East, flood into our country and we're gonna have a catastrophe on our hands. And they admit he's focused on you. He's focused on violent uh, extremists. That would be you. Uh, the Jewish community in the state of Israel should uh, to write this down. Take your number two pencil and write this down. The people that have your back, the biggest anti-jihadists in this country that have fought this for years is War Room and the War Room posse in MAGA in the deplorables. Full stop. You're seeing this on College Campus Day. The people that have these Jewish students back for years and years and years, they could be safe on college campuses, is MAGA, is the deplorables, is War Room, and the Mike Davises of the world, okay? And a guy named Donald J. Trump. Full stop. And the FBI is still targeting you. And he just said, no, we can't track you. You're not tracking these guys. The FBI, first off, they're infiltrated, 100% infiltrated by the Muslim Brotherhood. Write it down. Infiltrated by the Muslim Brotherhood and the CCP. 
and they've allowed this invasion of the southern border with no oversight whatsoever. Inspector General says that. Not Steve Bannon, the Inspector General of DHS. We're going to have more of that. Gaffney's going to join me at 6. I'm going to break this down in detail with one of the top anti-jihadist guys going. This is outrageous. Just remember, when we have the, when Jewish kids are going to be tortured, and if they'd gotten in a Cooper Union in that library, those five kids have been dead. They've been torn apart by that pack of dogs that was outside. Let's go to, I want to go to Denver, because as I said and warned, this thing's going to metastasize, and Trump's finally going on offense. But you got Michigan, Minnesota, you're going to have Arizona. What do I hear for Arizona? What's the over and under? Arizona's coming. Everybody in the Democratic Party, any governor who wants to be president, is, wants to be president sometime in the future, has got to go get Trump off the ballot in their state. That includes Pennsylvania. It includes Arizona. You've seen it in Colorado. Give me an update on this sham show trial in, in, uh, in Denver, Mike. Then I want to talk about how it's metastasizing. Yeah, we'll do one quick point about what's going on with the Biden Justice Department and with these, this anti-Semitic violence around the country. The Biden Justice Department Civil Rights Division has put out 26 announcements since October 7th. Not one of them deals with any investigation or arrest of this anti-Semitic violence all over the country. That shows you that the Biden Justice Department does not care. Kristen Clark, who runs the Civil Rights Division, has said some very troubling things in the past before she was confirmed that many would call anti-Semitic, but she was confirmed anyway. And the Democrats need to decide whether they're going to keep uh, keep coddling their Hamas and BLM base uh, and cut loose their, their Jewish supporters, or if they're actually going to do something about their Jewish supporters. And it it looks like they're going with their BL, BLM and Hamas base. Hey, give me that again. How many they put out? How many notifications and not one about these? And by the way, can't be that hard. Uh, Students for Justice in Palestine, a complete BLM, Antifa, Marxist, uh, anti-American group. It can't be that hard to shut that down. They put out 26 announcements and not one about uh, anti-Semitism. Not one. 26 since October 7th. And let me give you an example. The Eastern District of New York, the U.S. attorney there just made an arrest yesterday. And usually when there's a civil rights issue, the attorney general or the deputy attorney general or the associate attorney general and or the at at least the assistant attorney general for civil rights joins the announcement. Kristen Clark did not join the announcement of the arrest that was made by the FBI uh, in the Eastern District of New York. And you have to ask why. Why why doesn't Kristen Clark want her name on an arrest where you're going, the, the, the FBI is arresting people who are harassing, threatening, terrorizing Jewish Americans around the country. Uh, Mike, let's pivot. And I tell you what, if we can put up now in the side block, we're going to have the trial uh, <clears throat> as it's going on. I think Grace, I think Grace may actually be live streaming it. Mike, walk me through Denver first. Then I want to talk about Michigan, Minnesota, these others that are, going to, that are popping up or you're going offense. Walk me through Denver, your assessment. Yeah, let me go really fast. Remember, they tried to impeach Trump twice for nonsense. They've indicted him four times for non-crimes. They're trying to bankrupt his family business for the non-fraud of a sophisticated, of a businessman paying back sophisticated Wall Street banks in full on time as agreed with interest. That didn't work. That backfired. Trump's actually now leading President Biden. He's going to beat him like a drum on November 5th, 2024. So the Democrats are throwing a Hail Mary. They're trying to just take Trump off the ballot, take that choice away from the American people through the 14th Amendment, which was passed. Uh, it was ratified back in 1868 after the, uh, after the Civil War. Section 3 
of the 14th Amendment disqualifies uh, Confederate sympathizers who engaged in insurrection or rebellion during the Civil War against the Union. They're disqualified from running from state or federal office or having any judicial office in the country. It's the way to hey, get rid of Confederate sympathizers. Hey, 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 hey Mike, can I, Trump's yeah. in four different, I guess, indictments, 91 charges, 700 years in a federal prison for criminal. All these are all criminal charges. Has he been is he ever been indicted? For insurrection? Uh, that's th that's the problem, Steve. And, and that's exactly the problem is, is that, they're, that the only controlling case on point is from 1869 with Chief Justice Samuel Chase, who held that if you want to disqualify someone from running for office or holding office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the disqualification clause, Congress has to pass a federal criminal statute and then you have to charge that person under that federal criminal statute. A U.S. attorney charges a federal uh, jury finds him guilty uh, uh, unanimously with evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. The judge convicts and it's upheld on appeal. And if, at that point, if you if you uh, if you get a conviction upheld on appeal under that specific federal criminal statute dealing with insurrection or rebellion, then you can disqualify that person from running for or holding office. That is not happening here. Jack Smith has spent tens of millions of dollars. The January 6th committee spent tens of millions of dollars. They could not find any evidence of insurrection because it doesn't exist. January 6th was a lawful protest permitted by the National Park Service that got out of control and turned into a riot. It was not an insurrection at all. Even uh, Professor Michael McConnell, a former Tenth Circuit judge out here in Denver, Colorado, on the Denver-based 10th Circuit, no fan of Trump whatsoever, says this same thing. What happened on January 6th was a riot. It was not an insurrection. And if you want to get rid of Trump for insurrection, you have to charge him with insurrection under the federal criminal hey, statute. D d d is Judge Wallace coming to – do you believe she's going to come or is coming to her senses given how shoddy this case is and may actually – uh, well, I, do you think she's absorbing how how uh, how shoddy their case is, and uh, and may actually come to her senses? Uh, I would not bank on that at all, Judge. Uh, this uh, <laughs> this is a new Denver District Court Judge Sarah Wallace. That, that's a that's a very quaint thought. That's we're not dealing with liberals anymore, Steve. We're dealing with leftists. Uh, Judge right, Sarah right, Wallace right. was just appointed to the, uh, to the Denver District Court. She's a Democrat donor. She donated to a group uh, called the Colorado Turnout Project. The purpose of the Colorado Turnout Project is to chase out of office those who supported President Trump on January 6th. And now this week, she's sitting, uh, she's presiding over a trial to chase President Trump off the ballot for January 6th. How the hell? Is that not uh, a clear conflict of interest? She, she, President Trump's lawyers filed a motion to recuse, and I was stunned. She said yep. at the hearing uh, on Monday, sorry, uh, yeah, I made that donation. I don't remember it, but regardless, I can be fair. Well, that's not the legal standard, right? It's not whether she subjectively <laughs> believes she can be fair. It's whether the public objectively thinks she could be fair. And if yep. you donate to an anti-Trump January 6th group, you probably shouldn't be yep. sitting on a trial with Trump in January 6th. Hang on. Hang on. I got a lot more to go through, and I know you got limited time. We're going to take a short break. Mike Davis with us. We got uh, New York Times talking about us going on offense to tear down the administrative state. More metastas metastasizing 14th Amendment fiasco. Uh, Jeff Clark 
calls out Fonnie Willis in a filing on that trial. Uh, a lot going on. Also, CBO, so much shots fired metaphorically in this budget battle up on Capitol Hill. We'll get. There's a lot to be nervous about out there. Open social media or turn on the news and all you see is crime and societal decay. A lot of people just run out and buy a gun and then it sits in a safe. If there's ever an emergency, they're not going to be prepared and run the risk of hurting themselves or others. There's no way around it. You need to train and you need to train often. Unfortunately, it's time consuming to go to the range, assuming there's even one nearby and ammo prices are through the roof. iTarget was invented so you could practice anytime in the safety and convenience of your own home. Simply download the iTarget Pro app, load your caliber-specific laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. Practice alone, compete with friends, or use it to safely train friends and family who are new to firearms. Go to iTargetPro.com and get 10% off at checkout when you use offer code Bannon. This is the smartest, safest way to train, which is why competitive shooters trust Dry fire training as part of their regimen. Get yours today. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon. itargetpro.com. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, hometitlelock.com. This uh, this new $1.6 trillion of got to be financed at Treasury. Uh, and the Fed's going to talk today at 2 o'clock. We'll cover this on the 5 o'clock show. I'll be up on Getter, I think, as it happens at 2. Um, means that uh, the second uh, second mortgages to fix your kitchen are going to skyrocket. So you're not going to do that. But bad guys will. The $6 trillion of uh, equity in American homes, and they're licking their chops. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today to make sure they're not taking out a hard money second mortgage on your house that you have to pay off because the hard money lenders – they don't want to hear your tale of woe that you didn't know about it, okay? Tough break for a swell guy and gal. HomeTitleLock.com. Go there today. Uh, as I said, metaphorically, shots fired up on Capitol Hill. And what I mean by that is the uh, Congressional Budget Office has just come out. Wait for this, baby. On the offset for Israel, the $14 billion, they're saying, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. That will actually increase the deficit by $12 billion because theoretically they've got a projection that these IRS agents – are going to bring in $26.7 billion. And uh, <clears throat> that's coming from you, by the way, people under four or $500,000 in joint income. Uh, and so that means that this is, uh, this is a net offset. Mike Johnson, don't back down. Stick with the offsets. we got to pay for this. We can't add one penny to the deficit, and you can't take projections. Mike Davis, uh, Denver's a farce. You're covering that. You're actually out in Denver. Uh, you're covering that. It is a farce. But uh, it doesn't mean that Michigan, I keep saying anybody, any of these governors that want to be a presidential candidate, either in 24 or in the future for the Democratic Party, have got to lead an effort to get Trump off the ballot. Legally, it's a sham. Everybody knows that. But politically, it's a winner for them in Michigan, in Arizona, in uh, in uh, in Pennsylvania and maybe Minnesota and other states. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's no question that this uh, this Denver District Court Judge Sarah Wallace is going to disqualify Trump from the Colorado ballots. It's immediately appealable as an election challenge to the Colorado Supreme Court. The Colorado Supreme Court is stacked by leftists because Republicans don't win elections out here anymore since they went to all-male ballots and legalized weed and all these dirtbags from California and New York 
have moved to, to Colorado and destroyed the state like cultural COVID. Uh, they escaped uh, California and New York, and they brought their crappy political views to, uh, to, to Colorado and destroyed it. So what's going to have to happen is the Supreme Court of the United States that has discretionary review is going to have to put on their big boy pants, you know, with their lifetime tenure and pay protection. They, they're going to actually have to take a Trump case because this is so much bigger than President Donald Trump. These are Republican tactics by the left. If you can just take someone off the ballot who's uh, who's going to win the White House, if you're gonna take that choice away from the American people based upon a bogus legal theory with activist lawyers and activist judges, we're not gonna have a country left, right? And they're, they're doing this right now in a deep blue state of Colorado to set the legal precedent, and then they're going to take the show on the road. They're going to go to places like Michigan. But you and take, but by states. the way, yeah, but, but 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 hang on. But President Trump is listening to people. I don't know, maybe the war room in Mike Davis, his team. They're going to go on offense, right? Didn't they just file in Michigan to shut this whole thing down? Don't you have to get ahead of this? You got to go on offense. I think this thing in Denver. I'm not placing any blame. President Trump's got the whole world coming against him, but. We need to be on offense on this because it's obviously a legal sham, but politically they're going to put it in people's minds, particularly independent voters. Hey, Trump should even be on the ballot. It's it's a for them. It's a winner media wise because it'll flood the airways as it is out in Denver. So shouldn't he go on offense? He, he is going on offense. President Trump just hired some outstanding uh, lawyers who are who are doing a bunch of the briefings on all these different cases. John Sauer, I think it's public. John Sauer. Uh, a former Supreme Court clerk, a brilliant legal mind, is leading this effort. And so you have you have a really solid team that Trump has right now. The legal team is really solid. Boris is the Trump loyalist. He has really good trial attorneys who know how to fight in the courtroom. And he has these brilliant legal minds, this appellate team led by John Sauer. And they are going on offense. This lawfare is backfiring like you and I have predicted since August of last year, Steve, when uh, Biden uh, went after Trump in Mar-a-Lago, and this lawfare has continued. And every time yeah. they indict Trump, they make him more popular. Yeah, more powerful. I want to go to uh, Jeff Clark and his lawyers. Look, they took your advice also. Tell me about this fin- the filing in Georgia on Fonnie Willis, because I believe I heard this on the war room from a guy named Mike Davis. I don't know, maybe six months ago. Talk to me about it. I mean, it's just utter nonsense what they're doing to Jeff Clark and these other defendants down there. They, Fannie Willis brought a racketeering RICO lawsuit against President Trump and 18 co-defendants for the non-crime of objecting to a presidential election and the non-crime of twisting arms politically, both of which are permitted by the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and the First Amendment. They have charged Jeff Clark for when he was a senior Justice Department official, he drafted a memo internally at the Justice Department about Georgia. He circulated it internally at the Justice Department. The Justice Department declined to go down that path, but somehow Fannie Willis is charging a senior Justice Department official for a draft memo that he wrote that was never that was never executed on. Jeff Clark never stepped foot in Georgia. So how the hell does Georgia have personal jurisdiction over Jeff Clark when he he has he did nothing in Georgia? And what he did in his official capacity at the Justice Department is protected by immunity. You have governmental immunity for these officials. So you don't have to worry about the executive branch being grinded to a halt by these whack job local prosecutors and judges tried to indict federal officials for doing their damn jobs. And so he filed a motion 
uh, with the court to have them uh, dismiss on that ground that there's no personal jurisdiction. Alternatively, he filed a motion saying, look, I don't even know what your legal allegations are against me because your your criminal complaint against all 19 of us is garbage. It's like you took spaghetti and threw it against the wall. <laughs> Uh, Mike, I know you're jammed. Can you just hold with me for a short? We have a 90 yep. second break because I got to get to this New York Times story. The most important thing of the day, the most important story that was written is, is, is in the New York Times. It talks about the deconstruction of the administrative state and how it's actually going to take place. President Trump, there's a very well thought through plan of the convergence of forces here that will hit the beach at high noon on the 20th of January of 2025 after President Trump on all the ballots in all 50 states has a sweeping landslide and Mike Johnson increases seats in the House. And, of course, we take over the Senate and throw out Mitch McConnell. Um, This is going to be by uh, the 3,000 political appointees that immediately can take office to control the apparatus. Every president gets 3,000 political appointees that do not have to be confirmed by the Senate. The article today is about the legal warriors. No more wimps. No more pencil necks. No more, I don't know, Federal Society, Warriors. Uh, Jonathan Swan, Maggie Haberman, Charlie Savage, break it down the New York Times. Mike Davis is going to break it down for us. Next hour is lit. Stick around in the War Room. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart, 
and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.